Welcome to the Beauty and the Vlog podcast. I am your host, Erica Vieira. Beauty and the Vlog is a number one online community and weekly podcast dedicated to supporting content creators and influencers in beauty, fashion, fitness, and lifestyle. We provide insight into the business, branding, SEO, content creation, and more of what it takes to be a successful online influencer. We've got influencer interviews and in-depth discussions to help you achieve your goals and see results online. To get the most out of Beauty and the Vlog, make sure to join the Beauty and the Vlog Facebook group and check out our Beauty and the Vlog website for show notes and more. Also, if you're new, then welcome and please make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single weekly episode. So sit back, relax, and prepare to learn, have fun, and be inspired. Let's go. Well, hello, beauties. Erica here with another interview for you. And last week, we chatted with Lindsay Marie, which was an awesome interview. I hope you liked it. And definitely check that interview out. She gave a lot of really interesting tips. This week, we have Olivia Marie, <laughs> uh, someone else who does, who has Marie as a middle name as well. So we have Olivia Marie, and she is more of a nutrition and food influencer. But before I get into who she is and her bio, I just want to do the same request that I've been doing recently, which is to share the podcast. It makes such a huge, huge difference. And for those of you that have been sharing it and tagging me on Instagram or Facebook or wherever, thank you. Thank you so much. I see the results of that and it just really helps uh, just keep the podcast out there, get it exposed to new people, people who can learn about YouTube and being an influencer and be inspired. So um, definitely share it. You can share it on Instagram, do a story about it. Um, on YouTube is great. If you make a video having to do with YouTube or your channel, or if you're doing favorites or podcasts you listen to or whatever, um, it's awesome when you guys share and mention the podcast. So thank you for doing that. So our guest this week is Olivia Marie. So Olivia Marie, also known as Keeping Up With Liv, is a 25-year-old Canadian living in Toronto who started her YouTube channel as a way to share her passion for living and healthy lifestyle. She's currently in school to become a naturopathic doctor and loves talking about all things related to health and nutrition, two topics that I personally love as well. Her channel is beautiful. So you got to make sure you check it out. She wanted to create a platform that helps you live your best life and show you that living a healthy lifestyle can be fun and delicious. She started her channel in 2013 and currently has 105,000 subscribers and over 6 million video views. So my conversation with Olivia Marie was really nice. She really stressed the importance of going with your passion when it comes to having a YouTube channel. She actually, although she had an interest in nutrition and now she's going to school to become a naturopathic doctor, she didn't even talk about any of this nutrition or food or health when she started her channel. She did something completely different because she thought that's what was going to be popular. That's what people were going to watch. And then she realized she was just not feeling that. And when she did upload a few videos about her passion, which was nutrition and health and food, she saw a huge change in the number of views and the engagement and all that. So it's a, it's a great lesson on going with your passion. And she talks a lot about that. And also don't forget 
that with all the interviews and episodes that we do have show notes. So for everything that we do talk about today, you can go to beautyandthevlog.com forward slash Olivia Marie. All right. Well, without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Well, hello, Olivia. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Yes. So the first question I ask everybody that comes out of the podcast is, what inspired you to get onto YouTube and start your YouTube channel? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I was watching YouTube for like four or five years. Um, and I just thought that like, I had so much knowledge and so much that I wanted to share with other people, healthy recipes, tips and tricks. And I would tell my friends and family, but I wanted to like reach a bigger audience and connect with other people. And I thought that, hey, I've been watching this for four years, like I could do it too. But you do a lot of like healthy eating and stuff like that, right? Yeah. In the beginning, I did a lot of like other DIYs and everything, but then I really found what I like love the most. I'm really passionate about healthy eating and healthy mm -hmm. lifestyle. So I really found like more of my niche and what a, a was, I was good at and B, what people really enjoyed watching from me. So when you first started, were you, were you doing anything else? Like what was your, what was going on in your life at that time, your career and all that stuff? I had just finished undergrad and I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do next. So I was just working actually at a hair salon um, just until I decided what I wanted to do next. And then that's when I started this. But it was when I went into naturopathic medicine that my whole channel kind of shifted with my whole passion for that and a passion for healthy lifestyle. So the two kind of went together. When I shifted into like what I wanted to do career wise, that's when my YouTube channel kind of shifted towards the same thing. Oh, okay. So you decided after going to school that you wanted to go into naturopathic medicine? Yeah. Did you go to school for that? I went to school for my psychology undergrad, mm -hmm. um, but then I wasn't sure where I wanted to do after that. So I kind of took a two-year break after my psychology undergrad and discovered naturopathic medicine and found that that was just like my calling, my passion. It totally made sense to me. It just resonated with me in every single level. So I kind of just went from there. Oh, that's amazing. So what, what do you do specifically with naturopathic medicine? Did you go back to school to study for that? Did you get any kind of special degree or what did you do um, kind of to pursue that, that part of your life? It's actually a four-year program and I'm only in year two right now. Um, I oh, had to go oh take, you're doing it right now. Yeah, I had to okay. go back and take a couple prerequisites in order to get into it. But it's a four-year program similar to like medical school. Um so it's quite a yes. long program with like a residency at the end. So I'm not quite there yet, but like in two years, I'll be done. It's it's quite a long process. Oh, wow. So so your goal is to be a naturopathic doctor. Yeah. Gotcha. Kind of integrate the two of my YouTube and the naturopathic doctor kind of like in one. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I've, I've been to a naturopathic doctor. I think they're great. I love like the more kind of holistic you know, yeah. perspective and view of, of all that. I think they're really fantastic. And I know it's a pretty intensive uh, schooling program. I know it's like four years in a residency. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that, A, that you know what it is, because mm -hmm. I find a lot of people don't know what it is. It's becoming more popular, but a lot of people, yeah, they don't know. But we actually go through the same, we take the same licensing exam yeah. um, as med students. Like I have my first one in a couple weeks, and it's the same one that second year med students take. So yeah. it's pretty, it's, it's pretty hardcore. Intense. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm here in LA, you know, there's a bunch of, there's everything here. People super into healthy <laughs> living and lifestyle. And yeah, I, I was seeing a really great naturopathic doctor and uh, yeah, they're, they're great. It's just, it's a whole holistic perspective of, of health and an approach. And I, it's, it's fantastic. So good for you. All right. So then, so right now you're knee deep in school and yeah. you also have your YouTube channel. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite a balance. I would say I'm a master juggler. There's a lot of balls in the yeah. air and they're just delicately, they're delicately tossing up there. <laughs> so when you started your channel, you were kind of like, it, it sounds like it was after college, you weren't really sure what you wanted to do. And you were watching YouTube and you're like, Oh, I should just upload a video, basically. Yeah, basically. I just, I knew I wanted to get into it, but I wasn't sure what kind of content I wanted to create. And I didn't really know what I should be creating. I was just kind of like, oh, I'm going to do what everyone else is doing. Mm. But then I realized that that wasn't working. And it also wasn't making me happy to create just content that I saw everyone else doing. So then I just started doing what I was passionate about on my channel. So did you have like an interest in beauty and stuff because you're working at a hair salon? Or like why specifically did you decide like, you know, I want to I want to be on YouTube? I like makeup. Like I think I like makeup as much as like, probably the average girl that likes makeup. Um, but I think I just really like the community aspect of YouTube and being able to talk to people like all around the world and make friends all around the world. I've made friends that I've visited in like Europe, Arizona, like all different parts of the state. So I think it's more of the community that drawed me to YouTube and being able to connect with different people and just meet so many people. Yeah, it is a really great way to meet people. I mean, it's crazy. I, you know, when I got into doing the podcast and everything, like I, I was, you know, I wasn't even thinking about that aspect of it. And I've made like so many friends and so many contacts and just so many people I've met. And it's, it's just really incredible how you can really connect with people everywhere. It's absolutely insane. The kind of you'll met, like you meet the craziest people and you know, it's super cool. So when you first started, uh, did you just upload randomly? Uh, did you like study photography and filming or what kind of, what was happening right at the beginning when you decided to upload the, those first, let's say like those first 10 videos? In the beginning, it was a lot of just sit down me in front of the camera. So there wasn't really much like editing going on. It wasn't any kind of fancy. I just sat in front of the camera and like showed products. Um, so there wasn't really much filmmaking going into it, I guess, compared to like what I do now, there's a little more intricate detail, more filming, like panorama shots and moving and everything like that. So it was definitely very basic in the beginning. It was just literally me talking in front of my camera. And did you, did you notice that people were actually watching the videos or was it like, uh, oh, nobody's watching? You're like, oh, wow. You know, you had the video do really well or kind of what kept you going to continue doing uh, your channel? I don't think they, they only had like a hundred views, maybe something like that. It wasn't really that big, but I just really liked making and I liked creating the content. Uh, so I think that's what kept me going. I wasn't really focused on the numbers because I still like doing it. And I still like doing it to this day. So I think that's what kept me going is because I liked watching the videos and then like, okay, what were my favorites and kind of, you know, doing it like that. Um, so I just really enjoyed creating and that's what kept me going. And so um, did you then transition to doing more of the healthy eating on your channel or how did that whole 
process go? I started doing it, I guess, like a sprinkling here and there, but then I noticed that they started to do better. And those were like my more viewed videos. Mm. And I think it's because like my passion is because I would, what I really like doing and that came across on camera. And so then I sort of started doing more of those because I realized that those were more popular and then it's kind of like snowballed into that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that really going with stuff that you're really passionate about or interested in is definitely the way to go. Yeah. And I think the audience picks up on that. They mm-hmm. pick up on how excited you are about it. They, they pick up on more than I think you think they pick up on. Like they can really tell when you put your passion and you really enjoy making the video versus like you're doing it because you think that's trending or you think they'll get views. I think they really notice a difference more than you think they do. Yeah. I mean, people for sure, people sense it. And there's so much competition on YouTube that if it's not interesting and not meaning that the the, the topic is interesting, but if you're not interested in something, then you won't be interesting. Like it's just, you're you're just not going to be uh, as interesting as the next person who say is super passionate about something and they have like a very say enthusiastic, excited way of presenting the information. And so I think people can sense it. You don't have to be over the top or anything, but I think people can sense that that interest. And then that does makes you and your content and what you're doing more interesting. No, I totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, so then what year was this? You said this was uh, about 2013, 2014? Or what year was this? Four years ago was okay. like my first video, according to like YouTube, which says four years ago. Yeah. And were you uploading pretty consistently or was it kind of sporadic? It was definitely every, I would say every week-ish. Mm-hmm. I think there were maybe gaps, but it was fairly, there weren't more than a gap of like maybe a week or two. There wasn't that much more of a gap. Well, that's pretty good. It so definitely f- like consistent. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so, so from the start, you, you made a commitment to doing the, the YouTube channel. Oh, definitely. I was like, I have to get at least one video up per week. That was like my goal for sure. And how far into it were you when say you started to see some traction with your channel? It took a long time. Um, Some videos I think now like that were older or bigger, but in terms of when it happened, when it happened, I think it was maybe two-ish, year and a half, year and a half to two years ago. So it took a a good year, I would say, before I saw like, and I, I don't know what traction is because my channel, I think, is still pretty small. But mm-hmm. in terms of when I saw it, like some growth. And was there anything that happened that kind of helped push your channel a little bit further? It's really when I started doing those healthy like videos and healthy lifestyle videos. Mm-hmm. Those videos did better and I got more views. And I think that's what like gave me a little bit of traction and like started going like up and up and up. It's when I started doing those that I really saw it start to grow more. Yeah. I mean, that's great. I mean, when you, when you go with what you're passionate about and it's also, it's also very informative and interesting and a little bit different than what's, you know, what's on YouTube now. You know, definitely. Totally agree. And so I noticed that you, yeah, you do a lot of these like food type videos and things like that. And so the, the filming is, is def, it's definitely, I feel like a lot more work than just sitting in front of the camera. Did you have to learn how to do all that? I did. I filmed completely by myself. So it was kind of trial and error. I'm a little envious of some like beauty vloggers who can just sit in front of the camera and hold up a makeup and it's not like editing, but like I sit there, I just, 
think, okay, I want it to look like this. How do I make the camera look like this? And I watch YouTube tutorials or I Google things. And then I have to like move the camera like two feet and then reshoot and move the camera another foot. And like, so it's a lot more intricate than I think like some other beauty vloggers are than just sitting in front of the camera. So definitely there was a learning curve and I kind of just self-taught myself through YouTube tutorials or Googling how to do something. Yeah, I, I think definitely. And so what, uh, at what point did you feel like you kind of f felt really good doing these types of videos or do you still feel like it's, it's a lot of work? Uh, well, I feel good doing these types of videos. I think maybe about a year ago, that's when I started really like, I guess I got into a group or habit or kind of knew the gist of how everything went where it almost became a routine. Like now I'm, I'm used to doing all the different movements and I know like my style of filming and I kind of get into it. Um, so about a year ago, I think where I found my, my groove of filming and it became easier to film. So what have been some of your most popular videos? A lot of my popular videos are healthy dessert videos, like healthy recipes in general, but all the desserts I think people love because they love the idea of having a healthy dessert. Mm -hmm. Um, so those have been the most popular ones. And then recently I had a really popular healthy snacks one, but that was only like about within the last month before that have definitely been healthy desserts because well, who doesn't want a healthy dessert, right? So. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, yeah, you put healthy desserts up there. I'm sure people, people <laughs> are like, oh, sign me up. Right? Like who, you can't turn that down. No. And so, so you always film all of your videos just by yourself. You don't have any help. Once in a while, if I had one of those older videos where it's like a, an outfit shot or a panorama, but that was maybe like 10, 20 seconds of the video. Everything mm -hmm. else was just me. Yeah. So do you use like a tripod or what are some tips that you can give people who are kind of in the same boat, whether they, they want some kind of a cooking channel or I know fashion can be really tough, like anything like that. What, what types, you know, what, what advice or tips would you give people that are in the same situation? I think a tripod is extremely useful because you can really change up the levels and it's easy to move around. Even for fashion videos, I've seen some great fashion videos that are literally just people moving in front of the camera with like a tripod on their camera. And you don't even need a fancy tripod. I use a tripod that I took from my mom when I started this that I think was 10 years old when I got it from her and I still use the same one. And it's great. I don't think people need to spend hundreds of dollars on a tripod. You can just go on Amazon and get like a very basic one, especially when you're starting out. And I still use a very basic one because it's really just holding the camera there. Exactly. I mean, tripods, yeah, they're not that expensive. So any other tips on filming on your own, like anything else that you do routinely that you find really helps? Unfortunately, I rely on weather a lot. So I think if you don't have a lot of natural light, like I use a lot of natural light, but if you don't have a lot of natural light, it would really help you to get a ring light or any kind of based light that can light up the area that you know you'll always have. So you don't have to rely on weather or if you don't have natural light. Natural light is always the best, but having a good ring light is, I think, really great because then you'll always have the perfect lighting or you'll always have good lighting. And lighting, I think, is really important in videos because you want things to be well lit and people really like when things are well lit. So yeah, definitely like one of the number one things I would say is lighting. Yeah, I think lighting is huge. How do you do it so that, you know, you have 
those videos where like you're chopping up things or you're, you know, showing how you are cooking something. I mean, do you, do you position the camera kind of over you or how do you, how do you do that? Uh, well, I usually start with like it parallel to me and then I start chopping and then I kind of start, stop like mid cooking, move the camera two feet and then redo it. And then when I'm editing, I kind of clip the two together. So when you see that, a lot of people think I have multiple cameras. I get asked that a lot if I film with two or three cameras. Mm -hmm. I really just stop mid-action, move it, and then continue the action. Oh, and then you go back, you you, you move it back too, or? Yeah, and then I move it back. So it's a whole, like, that's why it's, it takes a little bit of time, but I love the look of that. Like, mm -hmm. it looks like I'm filming with two or three cameras, like something you would see, like, on the Food Network or, mm -hmm. like, an actual TV show where they do those side shots. Like, I try to try to do that. Um, it's a little bit more work, but I just like, like doing it that way. Well, it's also a, definitely a more professional look because having some dimension and different camera angles is totally a sign of professionalism and just higher quality. So by emulating that with what you're doing, you know, even with just one camera, it creates the illusion that you're, you're in this studio type thing. Yeah. I try to make my videos look probably more professional than I think they are. Definitely. Yeah. Have you thought about investing in another camera to, to have both angles? I think I would almost invest in a new, like a different lens before mm. I would another camera. I'm just from base of what I've learned. I feel like lenses are more important than the base of your camera. And I'm used to moving it like two feet and then moving it another two feet. I feel like it's easier to stop and move it and clip those two together than to try to work with two different huge files. If mm. that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. So I think I would stick to definitely one for now. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, because yeah, your videos do look good. They look very you know professional, and it does ha kind of have that element of like Food Network ish, where you see the different angles. And I think that's really important when you're doing any type of video, not just a cooking video, but any type of video, because it just it keeps the viewer engaged, and it keeps you have to be switching things up, whether it's camera angles or music or, you know, um, the focus or something to keep people watching. Cause that's, that's how normal television is. Mm -hmm. No, I totally agree. Mm -hmm. and, and keeping like the same, you know, if you have this, the same thing, you know, the entire say 10 minute video, it's like people's, people are too sophisticated for that. Viewers are too sophisticated and there's too much competition out there. People doing things like what you are doing and really creating these professional looking type videos. Yeah. I think the only way it works if you keep the same angles is if you're making like those short videos, like you see on Facebook where they do the overhead recipes and yeah. they're like quick 30 yeah. seconds, you know, that they always have like that one angle of over top and that works because it's short, but if you want to keep people engaged for more than like 30 seconds, there needs to be some sort of change in dimension versus just like one angle. Totally. And those work too. It's interesting how you bring those up because those are getting like more and more popular these days, I feel like. Yeah, they're super popular. Mm -hmm. And I think part of the reason too is like you said, they're short, even though they have the same camera angle, but they're so fast. So they're, so they're happening so quickly, you know? And so it's like, you know, sped up, like, I don't know, five times or whatever. So, it, I mean, I find myself like watching those food videos. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're like really, no, I get caught too. yeah, they're like, they're like, Oh, okay, cool. Uh, and those are, those are really, really, those are fun to watch and really popular. Um, so 
you know, one of the questions I do always ask is, was there any type of tipping point for your channel? Was there a point where you felt like maybe took your channel to that next level or possibly, um, you know, maybe there was a collaboration or a video that got a lot of views or anything so far? Oddly enough, I think my tipping point actually came about a month ago when one of my videos started doing really well. And that's what got me to 100K, which I only reached about two a week, two weeks ago. Um, so it was really just a video doing really well that I think tipped it and kind of like escalated my growth a lot. And I always find I grow more in the summertime as well. I think people just have more time in the summer. So summer is always like, uh, tipping exponential growth. And then, yeah, about a month ago, I had a video do really well. And that kind of tipped me in to 100k. What was the video about? It was 10 healthy snacks that everyone should know. Ooh. And I really do think everyone should know them because they're <laughs> so simple. I really wanted to keep it like two, three ingredients, not something where you need like 10 different ingredients and you need to bake it. All of them are like super quick, two, three ingredients, and that's it. Oh, I will link that video in the show notes because that sounds interesting. Uh, they're so, so good. They're literally things that I eat every day, like every day or like that I eat frequently. So ooh. they're winners. And why do you think specifically that particular video did well? You know, I wish I knew because I didn't do anything that different than I do for my other videos. It may have also like just been, you know, YouTube luck. But I think that I kept things so simple that there was 10 and that I said that everybody should know them. I kind of thought about like when you see those BuzzFeed or something on the internet, like blah, 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 everyone should know, everyone should know. That always made me want to click on it because they're like, mm -hmm. oh, well, everyone should know that. <laughs> so I think by saying that everyone should know, people were like, well, I need to know these healthy snacks. So they clicked on it. Yeah, I mean, I did a whole podcast episode uh, about, you know, two months ago, all talking about effective YouTube titles. And one of them, one of the, the tips was use a number like a list, make a list. Those statistically do really well. And the second thing is to study what BuzzFeed does because BuzzFeed are the pros when it comes to catchy titles. And mm -hmm. you caught up on that. You caught that, that, you know, wow, that's, you know, everybody should know. Like they have these little catchphrases that they use in their titles that they've actually studied. Like they test and study their titles, uh, to make, to, to make sure that they're really effective. So it's a great thing as a creator to study is those, those titles. So I talk about that in, in that episode. And, uh, if you haven't listened to it, I'll link it in the show notes as well. But that's, you know, a, a catchy title like that can really help you. Oh, for sure. Definitely titles are very, very important. Titles and thumbnails, very important. Yeah. Thumbnails are huge. So what do you do for your thumbnails? I, I recently actually changed it up. I stopped including words in my thumbnails probably about two months ago just to focus more on the food. Uh, and then I just use PicMonkey, Lightroom, and Photoshop to kind of edit the food beforehand. And then I use PicMonkey to put it all together. So you use PicMonkey, Lightroom, and Photoshop? Yeah, I'll edit the food photos in Lightroom. And then I usually cut them out in Photoshop so that they're like, a translucent image, mm -hmm. like a back, blank background. And then I use like PicMonkey to put it all together. Wow. How long does it take you to do your, your thumbnails? To be honest, I feel like it's not that long compared to some people I know, mm -hmm. maybe about 30 to 45 minutes. 
I don't think it's that bad. I know people who sometimes spent two, three hours on a thumbnail, but because food is really the focus of my thumbnail, that doesn't need to be like that intricate of the details. It just needs to be like good looking food. So I focus on making the food look good in Lightroom and then putting it in. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I mean, even like 30 to 45 minutes is more than what, you know, a lot of people spend on their thumbnails. And it's one of the things that I always talk about is that thumbnails are so important. They really shouldn't be seen as like an afterthought. They should be seen as like an integral part of your video and like the video package and the whole thing. Oh, I totally agree. Because that's what makes them click on it. And so you should put like a big effort into your thumbnail. And if you wouldn't want to click on that thumbnail, then it's probably not a good thumbnail. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the one thing telling potential viewers like what the video is about, but also like just catching their eye. And mm-hmm. it's 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 so so important. Um, and so you said you've you've gotten away from using words in the thumbnail. Yeah, I think because I make food that the food is the eye catching of it. And Mm -hmm. then the title will tell you what it is. But I think people need to be more drawn in by the food than the words of it. I think the food is the star. So I don't need to like make it too busy with words. Yeah, I've been doing better. So you know, that's my next question. Like, have you found that that's actually helped? Oh, it's it's helped quite a bit. Quite, Uh, quite a bit. Oh, really? That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I would, yeah, quite quite a difference. I think again because it's it's food, right? So it's kind of just like it may not work for like a beauty person. You may have to like describe your tutorial or something like that. But for food, I feel like it really works because they're just drawn into the image of the food. Yeah, f- for sure. And people see that, and then and then you have like a, a catchy title, and they're like, okay. I mean, that's really what you need is a really bright, eye catching thumbnail, and then you know a quick title that draws people in and those two together work together and if you if you if you have it right it's very effective in getting views no yeah it's definitely been very effective and so the other question that i always ask people is you know is there something that you are struggling with uh, when it comes to your youtube channel i think i just struggle with getting people to like view my videos and just getting more audience i think people people might think that i'm big but to me, I'm smaller than a lot of people I know or a lot of my friends. Mm -hmm. So I think I just struggle with, you know, what's the magic combination? What's like the YouTube algorithm and just keeping up because that changes. You might think you have it figured out and then the YouTube algorithm changes and everything you thought you know about how to get ranked changes. So you have to like figure it out all over again. So I think it's a constant struggle just keeping up with that and the algorithm and how to like stay current and relevant and searchable. Yeah, I mean, YouTube is always changing their algorithm. Yeah, it makes it very hard to like, once you think you figured it out, you're like, nope, changing it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. And changing it to you don't know what and you kind of just have to figure that out. Yeah, you do have to be on top of it and be just kind of in the know of what's going on if you really want to take advantage of, of the algorithm. But um, I mean, some things are, are pretty the same too. You know, you want to upload with frequency and and all that stuff. But it, it can be it can be a struggle when there's when it's like it's like this mysterious thing that YouTube has, and you're like, okay, I uploaded this video, and the thumbnail is great, the title is great, the video is pretty good, but why is it not getting that many views? <laughs> and this other one that I uploaded has like a ton of views. It happens to me all the time. I think. 
And I just like, I don't know. Like you just, sometimes you just don't know. Like there's no rhyme or reason. For some reason, one video could get clicked on a certain amount of times. And then YouTube chooses that to kind of escalate and promote on the, like the homepage. I don't know why it just, it just honestly happens. I feel like most creators that I've at least talked to don't know why some videos do better than others. Yeah, it's kind of a mystery, I think, to everybody. What What do you do now when it comes to the SEO for your videos? I really rely on like tags because a lot of my views come from searches. So I kind of just make sure that my tags are very relevant to what people are searching and what the video is about because YouTube will pick up on whether like the tags of your video are not actually what your video is about. Yeah. That's true. Tags so you really want to make sure those go together. Tags are big because that allows you to, to get searched. When people search in the search bar, you want them to find that video. So you got to make sure that your search, like your tags are good. Yeah. And um, like you said, that, that it has to do with what, what your video is about. And it also is the same or it contains the same keywords as your title and your description. Yeah, you definitely want to make sure that you use the same words and even different organization of like the words. So if it's healthy lunch recipes, also like lunch recipes, healthy recipes to so kind of mix them up and change them together so that all the words are combined in different combinations. Yeah, I had a, a whole podcast episode about that too. I go into way more detail. And for those of you listening, if you want a little bit more info on that, I'll link it in the show notes. And um, I think the it's beautyandthevlog.com forward slash the big three because I talk about tags, titles, and thumbnails. But it's totally true. So you have, you know, you could do up to 30 tags and you have to keep it like consistent to what your video is about. And so like you said, if you said, you know, 15 what do you say, lunch recipes or healthy living, healthy snacks, you just switch it up, you know, snacks that are healthy or healthy, you know, healthy snacks or healthy snacks, whatever. And you just switch up your whole mm -hmm. title around a whole bunch of different times. Yeah. That way, like, no matter what order people are typing it, because people think differently, people might be like recipes for lunch instead of healthy lunch recipes. Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure you get every way people are thinking. Yeah, that's that's very true. Could you cuz like you said you get a lot of views from searches. Mhm. Mm I do. That's like definitely like my my largest one right now. And so then you have to almost think about like what are people searching for in YouTube to find your content? That's true or what are people going to be searching for? It's it's a constant battle of trying to figure that out. Yeah. And so, you know, when you're probably coming up with your titles and you're coming up with your tags, you have to keep in mind, you know, what not necessarily what the video is about, which obviously that plays a part in it, but like what what will people search to find the information that you're providing? Sometimes it's actually a little different than what you would title it if you just title what it's about. No, that's totally true. You can and you can use a search bar to kind of give you ideas for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a trick too. That you know, a lot you just type the words in to the search bar, and then it, it kind of populates a bunch of ideas for you. Yeah. And it kind of tells you the rest of the title of what people are searching for. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's always good. That's always good to use. And I think if you're not using it, you should be because it's like right there. It's like super easy. <laughs> that's you know? true. And that's what you like, think about it. That's what you use when you search for something. Mm -hmm. So that's true. Yeah. Cause when you're typing it in, you know, it's, you know, you type it in you're like, okay, yeah, I'll just click on this third one down that that goes with what I'm saying. Mm hmm. 
So it goes both ways. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So now is the next section of the interview and that's the best tips round. So I'll just kind of read off some questions of tips and you just state kind of your best tip for that particular thing. So what is your best tip for starting a YouTube channel? Do what you actually enjoy and are passionate about because I regret not starting off doing healthy recipes. I think I would have grown a lot quicker if I started doing what I wanted to do versus doing what I thought was cool. So why didn't you just start you know, going with what you wanted to do. You you had an interest back then in, in the healthy living and lifestyle. Yeah, but I think I just thought that everyone else was doing, you know, DIYs and, you know, products they regret buying. So I was like, okay, that's what I should be doing because they know about more about YouTube than I do. So I'm just going to do what they do. And that's, YouTube is so big now that that's really not the case. You really can't just do what everyone else is doing. You have to actually be you. Yeah, that's so, so important. And you especially, I mean, you have a very, yeah, you're not done with school yet, but you're like in the midst of it. You're thinking about it, learning it all the time. You have not only just an interest in healthy eating, but you're actually like educated in this topic, which makes the content you provide even more valuable and potentially better. Yeah. I'm looking forward to when I'm an actual doctor and I can be like, I'm a doctor and Mm -hmm. I'm saying this versus just I do have a little disclaimer in my videos that because I'm not officially a doctor yet, um, you know, but I can't wait till I'm an actual doctor so I can like say more of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes for, you know, anybody listening that, you know, instead of just going with what you think is cool, like, like, like you said, Olivia, like, you know, I thought this was cool DIY, this and that. But the reality is like, if you have like something specific, like an expertise or experience or job experience or something that you know, maybe you're more passionate about or, or you would provide additional insight. Like that's, that's the way to go on YouTube these days, because there is so much content out there. There is so much of people doing the same thing that if you can stand out just a little bit based on your experience and your knowledge, like that's definitely the way to go. Oh, for sure. Be authentic for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is your best tip for what not to do on a YouTube channel? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't want to say the opposite of what I just said. So, <laughs> hmm. that's that's a really hard question. I would say don't be clickbaity because you're not going to succeed with clickbait. Because then, when people click it and they realize it's not what it's supposed to be, they exit out of the video, and then your videos will do worse because YouTube will see that the watch time is very small and it won't promote your videos, and people will just get angry at you. So make sure your videos actually are what they are because clickbait will end up actually hurting your channel and people just get angry. Your watch time will be horrible and watch time is more important than the fact that they click on your video at all. Because if people are clicking your video but exiting out right away, YouTube picks up on that and your video won't get promoted and it won't do well. Totally. Watch time is huge. Uh, what is, probably not clickbait. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. What is your best tip for growing a channel? Honestly, I just think consistency. You want people to keep coming back to your channels. You need to upload fairly frequently, as frequently as possible. I would say at least one per week. But I think I'm the reason I grow is because I kept at it for so many years, doing at least one per week, usually twice. And like last summer, it was three times per week. 
So, and from what I've heard from other people too, the more you upload, the better your channel ends up doing because people keep coming back to see new content and new videos. Well, not just that, but YouTube rewards people for uploading more frequently. And so then they further push their videos in the related video section. That's true too. You don't want to upload once every two months and people are like, okay, where did so-and-so go? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Why, why did you decide to upload three times a week over the summer? I was just trying to upload as much as humanly possible. And I was off from school mm-hmm. and three times a week was as much as I could upload and still upload quality content. So that's as, as much as I could do. Did you find that your channel grew when you did that? Oh, for sure. It always grows in the summer and always grows the more I upload. So when I was uploading three, it makes a big difference than when I can only upload once per week. Does it make a di- big difference from two? See, because I upload three times in the summer and summer is also a big time for growth. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. I mean, this like this summer is great and it's only been two a week. So summers and at least like the more I think is the better. So I think both. And so what is what's your usual upload? Is, is it usually once a week? It's twice a week. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it's twice a week now. And you maintain that while you're still in school? Yep. All through school, all through exams, all through summer. And I've been doing twice a week for over a year now. Wow. That's, that's a lot of work. It is. But I, <laughs> I'm one of those people where like, I have to do two a week. Like and mm-hmm. I have to upload twice. Like there might have been, I may have missed one week, one or two out of the whole year, but like it's very, very rare. Like it would have to be maybe during exams, something mm-hmm. big must've happened for me to miss it. Yeah, that's great. And like you said, YouTube rewards consistency and frequency. So mm-hmm. um, what is your best tip to get noticed on YouTube? Hmm. I would say interacting with others and like commenting on other people's videos, but commenting genuinely on other people's videos, mm-hmm. not just leaving spam comments to come check out my channel, but actually building relationships and genuinely commenting on why you like someone's video. And then, you know, that can turn into a friendship, which can turn into a collab, which will help get you noticed. And other people will browse the comments and see your comments and can just like discover your channel. But don't be spammy. Oh, that's the worst. And then also YouTube filters out those things because if you're control pasting the same comment on a bunch of videos, YouTube filters out as spam. Yeah. And people know, people know, people totally know when it's spam. I mean, I, I, it's like how it's like the, the number of people that post, uh, you know, oh, great video. This is absolutely amazing. If you don't mind, check out mine. You're like, okay, <laughs> it, it, like yeah. that doesn't work. Why are you still doing that? Everyone knows that doesn't work. So just, just stop it. And so, um, but I think genuine comments will actually get you more noticed because there's so many just spammy ones out there. Yeah. You definitely want to be, you want to be genuine and active in the community. If you want to be on YouTube, then you, you need to be part of the community. So you need to like interact with people, build relationships and genuinely be part of the community. And do you do that? Do you spend time, uh, you know, every day or every week commenting and interacting on YouTube? Yeah. I always watch like my friends videos and people in my subscription box. So I do comment genuinely on videos every single week. It's less now than it was in the beginning. Um, but in the beginning, it really helped my growth to do that. I do it less, like I rely on it less now, but it did really help me get to this point. How often were you doing it? Let's say towards the beginning, probably 
well, every day because I had more time in the mm-hmm. beginning. Yeah. So it was definitely multiple videos every single day. Yeah. Multiple, that's, multiple videos. That's good. I mean, that's, that's a good tip. Uh, what is, and that's how I made friends, right? So. Yeah. No, I mean, you like, yeah, you mentioned that too. That's how, is that how you've made a lot of your friends on YouTube? Yeah. And a lot of, like, that's also helped me get me noticed because a lot of my friends are actually bigger than me on YouTube. Um, like that's how I started being friends with Nikki Philippi who has like 1 million subscribers mm-hmm. and we hung out when I was in LA. So it's, it's crazy if you're actually genuinely interested in interact with people's content, like you can make great friends, which will also incidentally help get you noticed as well. Yeah, it's true. It's because people always ask, like, how do I find people to collaborate with? Da, da, da. I mean, there's so many different ways. And, you know, one is like what you're saying is to just watch videos and find people you connect with and just make genuine comments, ask some questions like genuine. You know, you could do the same thing mm-hmm. on Instagram too. like be really genuine about it. And people definitely take, make notice. You know, I mean, even for me too, same thing. Like I have the podcast and people, I totally know who like my ride or die people are that they comment they're so active in the facebook group they comment on the instagram photos like you just you mm-hmm. just you just know and then you be, you start to have a relationship with those people so it is very valuable um to to make that effort and you could do that just by watching the videos and commenting and you know you might not get the same reaction if you're commenting on somebody that has like you know six or seven hundred thousand subscribers that have like you know mm-hmm. 800 comments you have to be realistic they're not going to read all the comments but people that are smaller that aren't getting all those comments, like more than likely, you know, your comment will be paid attention to and responded. Yeah. But you, yeah, you also have to make sure that you're genuine though. You don't, yeah. don't want to just comment on people seeking out a collab because people can smell that people can tell that, you know, Hey, do you want to collab? And you've never talked before. Yeah. Like, make the effort to actually build the like relationship with the person. And that's going to end up have like, pull like being better off down the road anyway, than if you're just like, spamming random people asking, do you want to collab? Do you want to collab? Do you want to collab? Totally. A hundred percent. What is your best? We kind of talked a little bit about this, but I don't know if you have anything else. Your best YouTube SEO tip. Make sure your title and your first tag are the same. So make sure what your first title is, that's the first tag you use to make sure those are the same. Totally. A hundred percent. That's what yeah. I mean. like word for word, exact same. The first and the first should be Mm-hmm. and include that in the first line in your description. Yep. So have it first, first line in your description, like the first thing, and then the first tag, all the, the same. Yeah, because the order of your tags, and people don't always know this, but the order of your tags actually matters. So, you know, when I work yeah. with people and I'm trying to help them with their channel, you know, a lot of times people in the, the first line, they put their name of their channel and like random stuff. And you're like, no, 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 that the order of your tags actually matters really big. And I always say that too. But whatever your title is, make that your first tag and make that the first line in your description. Mm-hmm. Perfect. That's great. Oh, good. We're on the same page. Yep. Yep. Uh, what is your best equipment tip? The lens matters more than the body of the camera. So don't focus if you don't have like a 7DD. I don't even have a 7DD. The lens makes the camera. It's not the body of the camera. And start small. Yeah, like you can start with like a, a basic DSLR camera. You don't need a fancy one. Like I know people who have 600,000 and still use their T3i. So don't think you need like, you know, the same camera, the big YouTubers who have millions of subscribers use. You don't need that to start your channel. What lens do you use and camera? 
I use the Canon T3i and then I use the 50 millimeter lens, which I think is really good for food. And I know a lot of beauty people use it. So a lot of makeup people also use that lens. What and you- it's a lot cheaper than the Sigma ones. The Sigma 30 millimeters is also really popular with YouTubers, but that's about $480 versus the 50 millimeter is like 120. So it's a fraction of the cost and it, it gives you really good quality. How did you discover this particular lens? I heard it, I forget what YouTuber back in the day, because I've had this lens for a couple of years, but mm. someone was using it on their like video and they have it in the description. And I was like, checked it out and saw it. Okay. So we'll have all of these uh, recommendations in the show notes. And so the show notes are going to be beautyandthevlog.com forward slash Olivia Marie. So anything she mentions, links, product links, anything like that, they're all going to be in the show notes. So make sure you check those out. Okay. And what about your best software tip? Final Cut Pro. Final Cut Pro gives you a lot more options and a lot. They also come with a lot more presets than iMovie does. And it's a really great way to make your videos editing like better than just using iMovie. So Final Cut is definitely like ride or die. And how long were you, did you start off using iMovie and then go up to Final Cut or did you just start with Final Cut? No, I started with iMovie, Mm -hmm. but once I started doing more complicated things and I wanted to add more titles and transitions and fun things like that, I transitioned to Final Cut. It was probably a while ago. I would say it was six to eight months after I started my channel. I switched to Final Cut because that's what my friends said they were using. So did you? Yeah, the switch is really big. Yeah. And so when you switch, do you feel like you either like save time or was just more convenient or what happened when you were able to switch uh, to Final Cut? I don't know about saving time because it took a while to learn how to use Final Cut mm-hmm. and how to make like, the transitions work and everything like that. But I think the time paid off and then the videos got better because I was using Final Cut. So I think it's worth the time and investment in using good editing software if you can, because that's what's going to elevate your video. Yeah, people always ask, like, should I just stick with iMovie or should I do Final Cut? And, you know, it's, I know Final Cut can be expensive, but a lot of people say, you know, if you can do the Final Cut, it's definitely worth it. If you're just looking to literally sit in front of the camera and talk about products you like, then you probably don't need like fancy transitions or anything like that. But if you want more dynamic videos than literally just sitting in front of the camera, then I would suggest Final Cut. Yeah, totally. All right. And last is our beauty bonus round. So it's the part where I say, ask uh, the same questions to everybody and um, you just give your response. So what are, and I always ask this, but it kind of depends on, you know, your niche. So, you know, for you in particular, because you are healthy eating or nutrition, like what are your three holy grails, say like nutrition items, whether it's a tool or a supplement or food or something that you just, you have to have every day? The first would definitely be collagen peptides. I have collagen every single day. It's great for your hair, your skin, your nails, your joints, your gut, like everyone can benefit from collagen peptides and they also dissolve in like, anything. In I coffee. put scoops in my coffee and you don't even taste it. So it's a great way to get in those amino acids and it has a ton of protein. So it has like 20 grams of protein for two scoops, which means my cup of black coffee can have 20 grams of protein, which is crazy. It's amazing. I love collagen. I've been using it <sighs> what was it, like two years now, like every day. And like, I just, 
you know, of my hair, my hair is long and you know, people always ask you, God, your hair's so long and, you know, shiny and my nails are like thick and long. And I'm like, it's a collagen. Like collagen is freaking amazing. It's so good for your skin. Is there a particular brand that you use? I always use vital proteins. I haven't tried any other brand, but I know this one is really clean. The ingredients are only collagen peptides. And like, I just, I trust the brand and like, I know it's sourced properly and it's not laced with anything else. Yeah. Vital proteins is great. That's what I use. I mean, I use a couple of different ones, but vital proteins is one that like, I always go back to and they have like a lot of amazing products, like not just the the collagen. They even have flavored ones now. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And then they have the one that's mixed with the green powder and all that. I use that one too. Their stuff is really yeah, good. Yeah, the beauty greens. Yeah, the beauty greens. Yeah, yeah that one's really good. Uh, okay, so I said three. So that's the first one. The second would be probably chlorophyll, which are those green drops. I think it's becoming more popular now. You see more people do it. Um, and I put that in my water. I only do it in like one liter of water per day compared to the other like three liters that I drink. Um, and it increases the oxygen to your cells and it also helps with digestion. Plus, it kind of tastes great because it has like a slight minty flavor. So if you think water is boring, I mean, this would also help it taste not as boring as just plain water. So I always do one bottle of chlorophyll and like a liter of water a day. Oh, what a particular brand? Honestly, no, I just I buy whatever drops either are on sale or that come up first on Amazon. Okay, I'm like, I think they're they're fairly similar. They're all just drops. Okay. And then the third one would probably be natural calm magnesium powder, mm-hmm. which helps you sleep and it helps your system calm down and it also helps your muscles. So I always have that before bed and it really helps like nervous tension and your body kind of relax and your mind relax so that like I can sleep better. So And it tastes good. Calm. I love natural calm. Oh, good. Yeah, I like the ra- the lemon raspberry yes. is my it's it's so good. one I use. It's so good. Yeah, I love it's, it. it's like fizzy and I love natural calm. Yeah, and you can also put it in tea if you wanted to. If you don't want to have it plain, just put a couple teaspoons in whatever nighttime tea you want. Oh, you, I didn't know that. So you could put it in something hot? Yeah, you can mix it with like whatever mm. tea you're having that night. What, but make sure like the lemon raspberry flavor would coincide with whatever you know, flavor <laughs> yeah. you're having, if that makes sense. But, yeah. yeah. No really good in tea. Yeah, I love natural calm. All right. Um, okay, so we already talked about what you use to edit in your camera. So we already did that. And um, what would you not do again if you were to start your channel today? Well, A, I probably wouldn't have waited as long. Um, mm. And B, I would do what I really liked first instead mm-hmm. of trying to do what I thought everyone else was doing. And so I should do that too. I would just do what I'm actually passionate about and Whatever you like, do that. That's what I would do first. Start with that. Uh, Who would be your dream collaboration? That's a tough question because I think I already had my dream collaboration when I collabed with Nikki Philippi. So Mm. I think that was my dream. And I actually got to collab with her, which was crazy because I watched her for like four or five years. And then through YouTube, I was able to actually connect and we bonded over healthy recipes. And yeah, I guess that was my dream collaboration. And I got to do it, which was super awesome. So how did that come about? Because, you know, compared to Nikki, you are relatively small. Like, how did it come about that you were able to do a collab with, you know, such a big YouTuber? I get these questions all the time. I honestly have been like genuinely commenting on her videos for many years. And she actually reached out to me and said, you know, she... I like always see my comments. She discovered my channel and she'd love to collab with me, which was actually mind blowing to me that like she wanted to collab with me and she thought my videos were awesome. So that was really surreal. And I think it really shows you that 
genuine comments can actually build genuine relationships. Yeah. And being really, being knowledgeable on something. So you, you provided something unique in that you were very knowledgeable on healthy living and all that. And she probably, by you commenting, you know, she took notice of you. She watched your channel. It was good. And then all those things put together for her saying, Hey, I want to, you know, work with this girl. Yeah. It was honestly so surreal. And <laughs> when she asked me, it was, it was definitely top moments that have happened to me. Yeah. She's so, she's very sweet. I had her on the podcast and I had an opportunity. We met in person too. And she's super, super sweet. Uh, how did you do it considering you were in Canada and she's here in LA? We didn't film in person. Okay. Uh, we just, it was more of like, you know, switch clips and like, this is Olivia and she's doing blah, blah, blah. So. So how did that collab work for you? Did you find that you got a lot of views and subscribers? To be honest, it didn't do that much better than any of my other videos. Mm. And it, it didn't do as good as some videos at the time. Uh, but I still really like enjoyed the video. Mm. I enjoyed collabing with her. But yeah, it didn't really like it didn't catapult me and it didn't really yeah. do that much better than my other videos were doing at the time. Mm. Um, okay. Uh what do you, oh, what is the biggest mistake that you've made with your YouTube career? Uh, to be honest, it's definitely just not no. doing what my passionate was like in the beginning, I'm trying to like do everything that I thought everyone else was doing and I should do that and not doing what I was passionate about is definitely the biggest thing. And what is your favorite video that you've done or one that you're most proud of? That's tough. I knew you were going to ask that question too. <laughs> and to be honest, I just, every video I get re-excited about the recipes because like those are my favorite things that I'm making right now and that's what I'm loving right mm -hmm. now. So I think it changes with every video because my favorite recipes change with every video. Um, so to be honest, I think it changes from video to video because I love those recipes and I'm like so excited about these recipes and mm -hmm. I'm so excited about the next ones. So I think it, it honestly evolves it as changes. my channel keeps going. Uh, yeah. What is your favorite opportunity that you got as a result of being on YouTube? I, because of YouTube, I actually was able to be on uh, a local television show that is filmed here in Toronto, but it's, I think it's a Canada show only called, um, what was it called? I'm going blank here. Oh no. That's cool though. You got to be on TV. Yeah. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank, but, um, it was filmed in front of a live studio audience and I was able to like be a beauty vlogger, even though I wasn't into beauty, um, hmm. and like test out some products on live TV. So yeah, it was really fun. How did that come about? They actually reached out to me. I just, I got an email and they asked, Hey, would you be interested in doing this? And I was like, a TV in front of a live audience. Like I'm used to just filming in front <laughs> of nobody in, yeah. front of in my house, but you know, sure, let's, let's push our comfort zone to kind of just go for it. And yeah, it worked out really well. I think I kind of just got into the mindset and forgot the people were there when we were filming, but mm -hmm. yeah, it was really good. Did you have beauty videos on your channel at the time? No, I hadn't done a beauty video for probably two years. It, it, it had been a long time since I had done a beauty video, but I think they were just looking for people in the Toronto area that, mm -hmm. you know, were influencers. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I'm not sure how they came across me, but that, you know, cool. That's very cool. That's, yeah, that's really, really neat. Did it bring any traffic or anything to your channel? No, but I think it was cool to be like on TV because when you're little, you think being on TV is like the best thing. Mm -hmm. um, so just being able to like 
hey, you know, I was on TV. It was kind of like a, when you're a little kid, it kind of like was just cool to see myself on TV. And it was called The Goods. I just remembered it now. So okay. It was called The Goods. The Goods. Okay. Yeah. That's so awesome. Well, that's, that's a fun, that's a fun opportunity. And, um, and, and also one other question is, so you're going to school right now and then you're doing your YouTube channel. Is that how, is your YouTube how you're supporting yourself financially? Are you doing anything else? No, that's the only thing I have time for. Unfortunately, that, that already with school is, is a lot. So mm. that's definitely the, the only thing I have time to do. Gotcha. Uh, and last question, um, what is your superpower? Meaning, do you have some kind of a, uh, just an ability or a trait or something that you're born with naturally that you think has contributed to your success? Hmm. Interesting question. I guess I would say this might be a weird superpower, but I have really great memory. Mm. Um, I think I'm known through like I, I remember faces, I remember names. So I think that's good when meeting people and networking, and also in school and studying and being able to you know do voiceovers and talk about different healthy things in my videos is because I know the information because I can like remember if that makes sense. So I think. Honestly, I have a better memory than I think average people do, or that's what people have told me. So mm -hmm. I think my superpower would definitely be, I have a great memory. It's all that collagen chlorophyll. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta increase that oxygen. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's awesome. That's great. Well, that's definitely an amazing superpower. So, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast and kind of, you know, revealing a little bit about who you are and, and what you do. And for people that are interested in checking out you, your channel, your content, where can they find you? Keep up with Liv is the same thing across Snapchat, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Everything is just keep up with Liv. Perfect. And then I will have all that linked in the show notes as well. Beautyandthevlog.com forward slash Olivia Marie. All right, Olivia. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. It was so fun. Yeah. Definitely want to do more podcasts in the future. <laughs> I know. It's, 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 really it's your fun. first. It's your first. So you're w warming up into it. But um, I'm glad that we, we was great. I'm glad that we're that we're your first podcast. So well, thank you, Olivia. Thanks for having me, Erica. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it. That's our episode. And I hope you enjoyed it. And if you stayed this long, do me a huge, huge favor and leave a review on iTunes. Five stars would be amazing. It helps more than you know, helping other people find the Beauty and the Vlog podcast. Also, make sure you check out beautyandthevlog.com for all the show notes for this episode. And if you're not a part of the Beauty and the Vlog family on our Facebook group, Make sure you join for lots of support, collaborations, and questions and answers for anything related to being a content creator on YouTube. This is Erica, and I will see you next week. Mwah.